This episode is brought to you by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Learn more at bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The inflation rate in our country has hit its highest level in more than 30 years in February. Sorry, I got to fix this microphone. And I know it's going to make that squeaking noise. Um... 5.7%, which is a number last seen in August of 1991, if you can believe it. Big piece of that, of course, is gas prices. They're up more than 32% year over year. But still, you take them out of the equation, it falls to 47 which is still very, very high, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down. So what's going on and what can we expect? We're going to chat with Moshe Lander, who is an economist at Concordia University. Uh, Moshe, thanks for joining us. It's uh, always nice to chat. Always my pleasure, and I'm going to throw in here right now, since you were talking about Irish music, yep. uh, Thin Lizzy, the boys are back in town, yeah, that's good. anything with you two, uh, the Dubliners, of course, and the Coors. So there, we've done our... Uh, oh, those those are, I think she has, I think she has you two ready to go, and I, I, I suggested uh, Flug and Molly Drunken Lullabies earlier, so I think she's got that one. There's a, there's a good list, right? I mean, it's great music. It's so much fun on a day like today, too. Absolutely. Pogues, you could do that. Anyway, let's get down to business. <laughs> uh, We're talking about inflation. And Moshe, um, this is crazy. We have not seen numbers like this in 30 years, correct? Yeah, it's, it's uh, one shocking number after the other. And when you start breaking it down into components, looking at say, gasoline or groceries yeah. or rent, they're also rising at levels not seen in sometimes 40 years. So, yeah, it's a once-in-a-generation experience that we're seeing right now. So we see the gas prices up, you know, like a third over the course of the year, and everybody says, take that out of the equation. Okay, you take that out, we're still at 4.7%, you know, way more than the targeted area of two. Um, so where else is it hitting us besides the gas prices? Groceries uh, are, are certainly one of them, and part of the grocery-driven inflation number is gasoline prices, Right. right. Uh, Canada's hugely reliant on getting our groceries from uh, other countries because, you know, after a harsh winter, it's not really the growing season yet. And so uh, part of that is that transportation cost of getting it into the country. And we're seeing it in rents. Uh, and so, the, you know, the, the housing market shortage and, and the fact that all of us are kind of reconsidering how we work and live uh, is driving some of that increase in rent as well. And you, know, you make a really good point. Like People say, remove the price of gas. Okay, you remove the price of gas, but the price of gas affects pretty much every other area where we're seeing inflation. I mean, that's one that nobody can escape, so you can't really just remove it from the equation. No, I, when, when we remove it, we're looking at something called core inflation, and, and the logic behind it is not to say that it's not important, that we should disregard it. It's that it's volatile. Yeah. Right. So gasoline prices go up and down on a daily basis. Right. And so if we had the Bank of Canada responding every time we have a long weekend and gas prices go up. Right. They'd be yo-yoing the interest rate in a way that would make it so disconcerting for the economy. So it's not that it's not important. It's just that it's not part of the Bank of Canada's chief uh, metric for decision-making merely because they, they don't want to be in that situation where they're confusing uh, households with, 
uh, interest rate that goes up on Friday and down on Monday. Okay, that makes sense. So what are we, I mean, I know there's probably multiple factors, but when we take a look at what's going on and why we're seeing it, you know, this isn't the first month, of course, we've seen this trend for a while. What's going on? What's driving this inflation? So it's it's that general catch-all term of supply side issues, right? Supply disruptions uh, and constraints and things like that. So it starts with something as basic as just getting goods from, say, China uh, out onto store shelves in Edmonton and Calgary, right? There's um, problems in China right now where they're seeing a, a spike in COVID cases and uh, auto manufacturers and uh, you know goods manufacturers, toy manufacturers, they're shutting down their factories. Um, provinces are on lockdown in China. So right then and there, getting goods out of China is becoming much, much more expensive. Then even if you manage to get it to the port and start to ship it, now you got to deal with the shipping industry. And the same way that oil prices are benefiting us in Alberta, uh, it's causing the higher cost of shipping fuels. Uh, that means that getting those goods that do make it out of China over to the port in Vancouver is becoming a lot more expensive. And then when you get it to Vancouver, if you're not dealing with forest fires in the summer, yeah. flooding in the winter... Um, and, and wiping out highways and things like that. You're dealing with COVID restrictions. And uh, there was that thing about a month ago about the convoy of people protesting, you know, the idea of vaccinations and masking. And, um, you know, that, that just gums everything up. And so by the time that those goods do make it to the shelf, all of those extra costs have to be borne by somebody. And we're unfortunately bearing the brunt of it. Yeah, it's always the consumer. You're absolutely right. Now, of course, we've got this situation in Europe and uh, all the uncertainty and the tension surrounding that. How does that affect us here in Canada or does it? Is that causing any problems with inflation? Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone. Plus, spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So it does to some extent, right? When the Europeans take a principled stand and say, that's it, we're not buying stuff from Russia anymore. Okay, where are you going to buy it from? Yeah. So they go looking elsewhere to buy it. Well, you can imagine that if all of a sudden thousands of customers decided they wanted to buy Doritos, the price of Doritos would start to go up, right? Because there's just all sure. of these new consumers that are found. So when all of these Europeans start showing up in other markets where they haven't been traditionally saying, we're here, um, they're driving prices up. And it's not they're they're doing it with intent. It's the cost of taking a principled stand against Russia. And so we're, we're seeing it there. But we're also seeing it in Alberta in the form of if you shut off Russian gas and oil, uh, that's going to constrain the supply of global oil and gas. Well, guess what? Whoever's producing oil and gas then is going to have the winning ticket. Yeah. And that's us in Alberta, right? But for us in Alberta, where we talked last month that, you know, hey, the government's running a surplus, anybody who uses oil and gas as an input in any stage of their production process is now seeing a huge increase in their costs. And so whether that's transportation or whether that's running a factory or keeping the lights on, 
all of a sudden they're seeing those costs go up as well. So it's coming at us from a variety of different angles. You know, you mentioned taking a principled stand in being and willing to bear the price of that because there is a price. Has there been any work done? I mean, is there a limit? Uh, I know the U.S. made some tough decisions regarding Russian oil and things like that, and we know Europe is facing an even tougher decision and uh, really not jumping in with both feet, but um, is there a limit to what people are willing to do for the good of Ukraine and the Ukrainian people to say, I'm willing to pay this price? I, I think there's a limit to what any of us are willing to do for any particular social cause, right? Yep. Like, how, how many people would say that they believe in environmentalism, but when they're confronted with $4 a liter for gasoline, they say, okay, that's my limit, right? Yeah. Um, we don't believe in nuclear uh, weapons until you realize that this country is engaged in that particular practice, and all of a sudden we can't buy their goods. Then you start saying, well, maybe a little nuclear weaponization is at that, right? So I, I think there's always a limit, but I think the, the broader issue is if if the government were to say to us that this principled stand comes with this cost. Sure. So at least we can see in front of us, you know, here's the debit side, here's the credit side, and let's weigh it up. We can at least make a better informed decision than just saying, we're taking a principled stand, but we're not going to tell you what the cost of our decision is. Uh, it's hard for us to vote whether we agree with the stand or not, because we really don't know what the costs are. And then when we get these shocking numbers, we say, is this part of the cost? Uh, I don't know that I signed up for that. Right, exactly. Where are we going? I guess that's the last question. We know the Bank of Canada is stepping in, raising rates. Um, will that be enough to offset what's going on around the world? I mean, just what are the predictions in terms of inflation? Yeah, so it will eventually work. The Bank of Canada has no shortage of interest rate hikes ahead of them if they need to do it, right? And so if you're of a certain age, you can remember interest rates in the double digits, closing in on 20% and things like that 40 years ago. So they, they will get it done eventually. It's just how fast are we going to let them get it done? And so if we get in their way by making outrageous wage demands to try and keep up with inflation, or if we start seeing that governments start pumping cash into the economy to try and help those that are most at risk because of inflation, that's, that's fine. But it's just going to slow down the task of the Bank of Canada. And it just means that they're going to have to do more interest rate hikes than they would otherwise have to do or it's going to take more months and more years than it otherwise would have to. Uh, But we'll get back to 2% eventually. Um, The the best thing that I could suggest is, much as it hurts, uh, we have to let the Bank of Canada do what they need to do and not get in their way. Uh, And and we could get back there within, say, 6 to 12 months, as long as no other surprises come our way. Which is kind of interesting, because, okay, you're not going to pay the inflationary rates, but you are going to pay the increased interest rates. So, I mean, either way, you're going to pay through this. Yeah, and it's it's unavoidable, right? Yeah. That, that's the thing, is that inflation comes with a cost. And unfortunately, we didn't ask for it, and we didn't want it, uh, but that's the way it goes. And it's not like anybody's necessarily profiting from this, uh, in the government offices at least, right? Um, anybody who lent money is probably happy with high inflation, but anybody who's borrowing, which is yeah. a lot of households, are probably not too happy these days. Yeah, and a little worried about what's in the future. Uh, Moshe, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Anytime. That is Moshe Lander, an economist at Concordia University. And yeah, when you sort of break it down that way, right, it's you're paying no matter what. Unfortunately, it always falls on us, the taxpayer slash consumer. That's where it eventually lands. You know, they say it rolls downhill. Well, here it comes because we've got, you know, you've got the cost of inflation. So they're dealing with that, which means what? Well, we're paying more. They're passing the costs on to us. Then the government needs to intervene or the Bank of Canada needs to intervene. What are they going to do? Increase the cost of borrowing. So, I mean, ultimately, it's going to cost you more, as Moshe said, no matter what.